As part of the 2016 State of Jazz Composition Symposium, Jazz Composition Chair Eric Gould sits down with world-renowned Colombian percussionist Samuel Torres. Torres has toured the world with Grammy Award winner Arturo Sandoval and has played with renowned jazz artists such as Chick Corea, Pancho Sanchez, Dave Valletin, Michael Brecker, Don Byron, Claudio Roditi, and the late Tito Puente, among others. Torres will be performing along with the Jazz Composition Orchestra and Terrence Blanchard on Friday, April 22nd, 8pm at the Berkeley Performance Center and at 9.30pm at David Friend Recital Hall. Hi, Samuel. This is uh, good to see you. It's uh, the eve of uh, our big event, the State of Jazz Composition Symposium. I'm so glad that you're able to come and spend some time with us here at Berkeley. Welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm really happy, glad, honored to be here in Berkeley. Yeah, tell me, um, you know, I think one of the the big questions that is going to come up uh, you know, be it, this is the State of Jazz Composition Symposium, and uh, and then we're going to have a picture of you with the, a conga drum. Yeah. How does a conguero become a composer, particularly a composer that's that's so well versed in in orchestral writing and and other types of large forms? Yeah, I for me was a little bit of a parallel process, you know. When I dis- I think I owe a lot to this to my mother, because when I convinced her, you know, that I wanted to be a musician, you know, in my family, my grandfather was a musician. She had he had an orchestra. My uncle was a is very renowned piano player in the Latin scene in New York, Eddie Martinez. So my mother knew the musician's world, but she loved music. She has she had a lot of friends in the symphony from Bogota. And when I convinced her that I wanted to play music and I really like percussion and congas, the first thing she told me is, you got to be a complete musician. And if you want to do really music, you have to study. You have to study a lot. You cannot be just a percussionist playing an orchestra because I know that world. It will be very hard. So she put me right there to me in a music school that it was a brand new school in Bogota, La Universidad Javeriana, Javeriana University. And I began to do a program for young students. And at that time in Colombia, and when I was studying, there was not really a jazz program. It was just beginning. So all my, form, all my education was in the program of classical music. So basically, I knew the two worlds were very important for me have a strong education and strong education also in what they call the street, you know, playing. Because if you know composition, you know arranger as a performer, as a sideman, it's also very good because you understand more deeply what the composer wanted to do with the music, what the band leader wants. It's it's interesting because uh, that that uh, parallel approach led you to uh, playing uh, with the Berlin Philharmonic, having them performing your works, and then at the same time playing with artists like Arturo Sandoval yeah. and, and and many other great Latin jazz musicians. There's a lot in between those two points. <laughs> you know, there's a lot in between. Um, you know, growing growing up and 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 going to school uh, as a musician and learning you know classical music and learning 
returning uh, to play the congas and then ending up at those points uh, on stage uh, with with Arturo Sandoval with the Boston Pops or or uh, you know with with the Berlin Philharmonic. So tell me a bit about your your professional career as a, as uh, as an adult. Yeah, uh, when I was living in Colombia, you know, I was able to do a lot of, you know, popular music, salsa, and, and a lot of Latin jazz. A lot of great Cuban musicians were in, in Colombia at that time. And I began to do also some pop productions and music for TV. But all, as I'm telling you, all this is parallel to my studies in classical contemporary music, where I, what I did in, in my school was only classical. I think the first moment that I really began to unite these worlds was I think my second, se third semester of composition. I had to do a piece for a piano and a soloist. You know, it was it, this is all classical. There was no Latin jazz. There was nothing. But I wanted to do a piece for congas and piano. And people loved it. A lot of the classical composers from Europe they came to give us a masterclass. I showed the piece. Everybody loved. So I th I thought, okay, this is a point that I want to get. But to construct to that, you have to develop also my career as a percussionist. And, and it's like music. I, I love salsa or jazz or classical. Everything is, is love to music. Music is, is one. So that, that, then at that moment, I finished all my studies and then I moved to Miami. In Miami, I began to play with a lot of the Latin, is in there with the key, Latin Cuban, Cuban music. Who are some of the people you play with in Miami? Well, actually, I began to play in Miami um, with, uh, with a lot of young Cubans that were just there playing in weird places in Miami, but we began to play in a brand new restaurant that Willie Chirino opened, and Willie Chirino was like the biggest, you know, superstar from Miami in Cuba and that's how Arturo Sandoval saw me playing and then Arturo invited me to, to join his band and I stayed four years in Miami playing with Arturo, learning a lot, learning about also how to be a performer. Arturo had a club in Miami for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they, that they, was later, later okay, yeah. Okay. But we travel a lot and then I was also began to work a lot in the pop scene, Latin pop scene, and then began to record. And I still do a lot of work for, for Miami companies, you know, production companies. And got to a point that I was doing really good. And I was really good in Miami, playing with Arturo, traveling all the time, having a good life. But the scene over there... I learned a lot because I hung with a lot of young musicians from the University of Miami, all the jam sessions. We were all playing together. And most of my friends that they were studying at UM, they were moving to New York too. And that's when I decided also, well, it's time to go to New York. And it was really good because when I got to New York, I was already playing with Arturo, so that way opened my doors in New York. What year was that? 2002, at the end 2002, of 2002, you went to New York. I okay. went to New York, and I met a lot of people. Uh, you know, already I was, or I, I played already at the Blue Note, so a lot of people saw me. Oh, the Colombian guy who's playing with Arturo, whatever. And I got to New York and got in touch with the Colombian scene there, the Latin jazz scene. There was a really nice Latin jazz scene at that time. There was, there were like uh, jazz clubs and clubs that had 
steady Latin jazz gigs. So Tuesday you can go somewhere, on Wednesday you could see Ray Vega, on Thursday you could see uh, uh, everybody. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I could jam with Ray Barretto, you know, yeah. that happened yeah. there. I, uh, Ray always came to those jam sessions and met him there. And so I, I got a chance to live a very nice period. They, I began to play there with them with my band. And also there was a lot of great Latin jazz musicians that at that time were developing his sounds, like Daphne Prieto, Giovanni Terry, Miguel Zenon, Manuel Valera. We were all in the scene big in New York developing our own groups. So it was it was a beautiful period. And you're talking about 2004, 2005, 2006, it was unbelievable. And then I began, I met there Richard Bona. Oh, okay. And then I began to play with him, with Richard Bona, for like five years. And that was like, at that time, it was the whole year touring. Yeah, that's very that's very different. Richard Bona is... It's the complete yeah. opposite for me. It was yeah, like, yeah, so it's very different from, from all the Latin jazz. Thing. Yeah, because in the Latin jazz and like with Arturo, you, you, you have the virtuosism and, and the energy and strong. But with Richard, I learned a lot about detail. Yeah. balance, dynamics, contrast, a lot of things that maybe in the Latin jazz you, you don't talk about it. Sure. And I threw with him and that opened me the doors with a lot of uh, African and jazz and funk projects. That was, I began I did gigs with Mark Stern, you know, I played with Jeff Tim Watts, he played with my group, I played with him. So he opened the doors Yeah, yeah. and toured other other scene, you Which know. Which bands did you did, did you uh, tour with Tane Watson? With Tane, he toured with my band. I did a tour uh, in Colombia. I put together okay. in 2008 like an all-star band. It was really, it was really great. It was Ralphie Rizari uh-huh. and the Timbales, you know, he's okay. a legend from Timbalaya, you know, legend on Timbales. Jeff Tane Watson, the drums. John Benitez on the bass. The two horns were a... Um, it's a lot of rhythm, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Lynch was playing the trumpet Brian Lynch, okay. and Joel Fram was playing the tenor oh, sax wow, okay. and Manuel Valera was playing the piano Okay, that's true we did and also before that Tane invited me to play in his album that he dedicated to uh, Kenny Kirland. Oh, that the Kenny Kirkland. You're on that album. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, in the I forgot the name of the song. This is a song that also Don Elias you played that song originally. So yeah, he okay. featured me in the congas. It was Dave Kikowski, Christian McBride, Marcus Strickland was playing saxophone. Yeah, so it was unbelievable experience, and that all happened in that period. So basically, I just going forward and. So I was developing my career in the jazz, Latin as a scene, and I had that classical part like, you know, there, but I was not really working too much. But then time passes, and then all these people that I studied with in Bogota, in Colombia, some of my teachers, of course, we all develop our own careers. Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years later, we encounter again. And one of my my ex-teachers, he was now, at that time, became the principal conductor of the Bogota Philharmonic. Okay. And he he wrote me one day, you know, he was last looking what to do, what to do. I told me, Samuel, do you remember that many years ago when you wrote all your classical pieces and we said, well, what happened? I bet you write a concerto for congas and orchestra. Would you do it? And I played it. I said like, yes, I'll do it. And I began to study again more orchestration and then I wrote my first concerto. It was premiered in 2010 in Bogota. And that's the and that's the thing you did with our Berlin Philharmonic. 
in Berlin was another piece. Oh, it was a different piece. Yeah, okay. the, because you know how how this Regresso. is. Yeah, that's how it happened. The 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 con the one of the director musical directors of the Bogota Philharmonic, uh, Israeli. I forgot his name. Okay. Uh, Shambadal, Maestro Shambadal. He he was in Berlin now. Okay. So he invited my friend the conductor and he knew about my piece so he invited me also to be to perform the piece in berlin but i had the opportunity to, to perform again say like well if this is another opportunity for me to keep developing so i wrote another piece wrote another piece okay and the piece we're going to perform here in berkeley cyclica is a piece that it was written for a for a string ensemble because you know this is how like we were yeah. supposed to write to perform the big the big orchestra piece in London, something happened. Budget. They told me we cannot pay have an orchestra. I said, like, well, I write a piece for only a string orchestra. I write a new one." And so every every time, every opportunity that life puts puts me is like an it's a chance for me to write new music and new music that is going to be performed. So that way I keep learning, you know, because you write and you see how musicians play it. That's the best school for for comp orchestration. Excellent, excellent. So that that covers a lot of the parallel career. I want to I want to ask you about forced displacement. Uh, you know, you 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 got a commission uh, or a, a grant from yeah. from uh, Chamber Music America, and um, and you decided to write a piece called Forced Displacement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, tell me about that. Tell me, tell me about what that's about. Yeah, I know it's a very strong title. It's, it's very strong. It's good style, great title. But I I thought about it and well that that was it. That was in spite of that. What's it about? Uh, you know, in uh, for some period in you know like from 2010 2011, you know a lot of the situation that happened in my hometown in Colombia, in Bogota, in in the country. Oh, in the, the country. in the, in the country in, in, in Colombia. Okay. Uh, I was, I didn't know everything that it was happening. So I began to to share time with a lot of friends in New York who are really into politics and and human rights. And I began to learn a lot of things that I didn't know were happening. And I began to search and and at some point uh, there was the opportunity to apply for this a great com uh, you know grant. And I said to myself, this is the perfect opportunity for me to do something of my for my own country because I was gonna have visibility. And I was my first two records I mixed, you know, Latin jazz and Afro-Cuban music and mixed Colombian music, it was good, but I decided that it was a good opportunity to do only inspired on Colombian music. And I began to do a research and I wanted to dedicate this piece, you know, for the victims of the conflict of everything that has happened. And that led me uh, to a master folkloric percussionist in an area of Urabá that's very close to Panama. It's one of the most difficult areas on in Colombia since the end of the 19th century. You know, it's okay. it's been the history over there. It's been very terrible because it's a very young, uh, difficult area because of a jungle. Okay. And you know, it's the 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 control of the land is it's basically the the war. 
Okay. Sometimes he was the left armies and then the right wing armies. But at the end, it doesn't matter what side you look. It's, it's basically the the, far, the little farm. That's the place where it's going to happen. Right? Yeah, All and right. they suffer so much. And So I decided to go there and talk to a master folkloric percussionist from, who, who lives there. And actually happens that in that area is where it keeps the root of this rhythm called Bullerengue. Bullerengue. And Bullerengue is the root, the most African root of all the music from the Caribbean coast of Colombia. Okay. So the Caribbean music from the Caribbean is a mix of African, Spanish, and Indian music. Mm -hmm. But Bullerengue represents that Afro-Colombian Afro music more strongly, and it's very tied to the rest of the diaspora in, 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 you know, in the Caribbean. So I thought that was the perfect rhythm for me to work on because it has connection to Cuban rumba, it has connection to, to, to the song. So, and that was a little bit my experience in another level, mm -hmm. but the, the, the Latin diaspora. So I went there and wrote a piece. I talked to him for like three days, just talk and talk and talk, and we filmed everything. I couldn't, everything that I was talking to him that it was really strong has to be really like that nobody noticed because if people over there realize that I'm talk asking about human rights, then I will be in trouble. So, but I was, I was able to talk with him, very deep stuff. And that one inspired all the whole suite, all the movements of the suite. You know, because it's a Latin jazz suite. I, I call it suite because they, all the pieces have a connection. It works at the sure. total. But every piece it, as an individual also works works together. Part of the part of the theme of well the theme of, of the symposium is sort of the the, the, the nexus of uh, of you know tradition, innovation and social commentary yeah that's what it, that's sort of what it's what it's coming down to and and so so what's your take on how those three things interact i mean you have a tradition a musical tradition yeah. is, a, is a musical tradition um you know then there's innovation there's something that's never happened before yeah. you know or some combination of things that's never happened before yeah. and then there's the commentary piece of it so you're pulling these three things together yeah. in a very special way how does those how do those things play into the creation of your art on a daily basis yeah that's you know with for displacement was was a very it was a learning process for me to do that. It was the first time I was so conscious about having those three. You know, I always in my career I have those three. You know, have the tradition, innovation, and a social element and that I want to put. But in for displacement was really, really clear that was the objective. It's very hard, and a lot of a lot of things. Uh, it were a little more subjective, you know, more in, in with the intuition. Why? Because uh, at the beginning, I tried to to write a piece based on the rhythms of Bujerenga and began to transform it with technique, with technical elements, you know, displacement and technical displacements and everything. I showed that to a very close person of mine, and she told me, "Okay, that's really nice, but that doesn't sound like a Bujerenga." Okay, I said like why? Because you're losing the essence, and the essence was not on the pattern rhythms. The essence was not in you know I, I could analyze and transform, but I lose the essence. So where was the essence? It was in the spirit that the music 
trance gives you. Yeah. Buyerengue is melancholic. It's slow. There's a lament. It's like blues. It's like crying. The lyrics are... Well, there's one lyric that it says, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. It was, it's, it's really sad. So you cannot lose that melancholy element. Yeah. yeah. And to have that in, in my mind, I said, okay, it's... it's I have all the te technical elements, but, but it's something more... That's the tradition. Yeah, just tradition. And yeah. how you're going to explain it's very hard, but it's a feeling. So try to get the feeling of that music, what is tra transmitting, and be sincere to that, honest to that. And then I think I was able to keep that because then they invite me to present that piece in Santa Marta, in Cartagena, and in Barranquilla. That is the biggest cities on the Caribbean coast. Right, right. And students of Bullerengue approached to me and they told me thank you for for writing this beautiful Bullerengue. And I'm playing on 5-4, you know, displacing a lot of contemporary deep harmonies, contemporary harmonies, ton, some parts get a little bit atonal, but but they still felt it was a Bullerengue. Yeah, yeah. So I felt that was accomplished. So you felt that that that, that by 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 retaining the essence of the Buriringe, you were able to to uh, still innovate within that context and still make a comment uh, on 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 the social conditions that led you to write the place. The yeah. In the first place. And I tell you, the 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 essence becomes something. It's, it's very hard to explain. It's something subjective, you know, because sure. I transform a lot of the parts of the rhythms. I did a lot of stuff. But there's some elements. Maybe there, there's a rhythm that go that is goes very simple, like ch 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 ch. So that is it's not to have that rhythm, but is that is there should be an element that is very simple so, against something that is very complicated. So it gets symbolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're gonna hear cyclica uh, on on April twenty first. Actually, excuse me, April twenty second. Yes. Friday, April twenty second, uh, in the BPC, you're gonna perform cyclica with string orchestra and congas. Yeah. Uh, you know, tell us about that. Yeah, that piece was premiered on two thousand eleven with the City of London Symphonia. It was a part of the meeting of the president of Colombia and the mayor of London. So, a little bit the objective of, of this meeting, it was to show that we Latinos, Colombians, and you know, London, you know, UK, we can work together as equals. Mm -hmm. Not only, okay, you have natural resources, I have the technology. Yeah, of course, but also we have technology, so we can just work as equals. So the, I didn't wrote the piece thinking about that, but but it's also the way I think about uh, music, folklore and contemporary music. I don't think there's there's one more or less important. It's they are equals. So the idea of the piece, and I think also was accomplished, is to not to put traditional Latin American music into the string orchestra, but just to create music that has both elements as equals as the contemporary development, the harmonies, the, the construction of the composition, and, and why I call it like sabor, you know, to have that element. So the way I think, you know, for me was very uh, validated in a way is because after the rehearsals, the the people from the orchestra that are, they, they play mostly Baroque, you know, that's, that's like the, the specialty, they enjoy it. And the director of the orchestra, you know, they told me, the piece 
is very well written in the classical language. And I said, like, okay, so it's great because for them, it, there was no, okay, this is Latin music for orchestra. No, this is or classical contemporary music. Well, very good. So, so uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed when I was listening to Regresso with, yeah. the, with, the, with the Berlin Philharmonic was uh, was how well the congas were tuned. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the tuning of those congas is so precise. Um, you know, it, it, it sounds like a marimba at times. Yeah. You know, um, and you had what five, six congas, six, six congas, and and um, and and they were tuned to you know a, a, a triad. You know, and, yeah. And 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 it was you know it was very very nice. What uh, what do you do you do you write around? Uh, uh, what is the best tuning for for the conga, or 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 do you, does there a certain range, or do you do you have multiple sets of congas that you bring for different pieces? Or how do you how do you do that? Yeah, the the congas, uh, you know, they come, they have a range, mm -hmm. you know, a range that that. Well, first of all, I have to say, you know, in orchestration books and everything. I say the conga as an instrument of un undefinite Und pitch. Undefined pitch, right. That's, that's you not true. High and low. <laughs> you prove that that's not true. That's not true, and, <laughs> and, and it's not true actually many years ago. Yeah, you yeah. know, there was conga players yeah. like Candido and Patato that they always tune for specific notes. Yeah. So, so that it, it's, you know, yeah. Tito Puente tuned his timbales as specific notes. Uh, the one thing of the congas that they have over other hand drums is that the you know hand drum when you play has many overtones mm -hmm. the overtone of the conga is not that strong so you can hear the fundamental louder that's why it's yeah. very interesting to write yeah. even if i play colombian rhythms or where any kind of rhythm the instrument by itself for me goes beyond cuban or latin music it's an instrument that has a very strong fundamental you can control and with the new system, with the new heads, everything. You can get really specific, specific notes. So I decide. I I try for different groups. I always try different tonal, different tunings, different different ways. I tune when I go to recording session. I always ask the tonality. You know, I always I I'm open. Yeah. But for these pieces. I I decided a specific tuning for the congas, a tuning that I like, a tuning that I work, that I know it works. So then I wrote the piece, the whole piece harmonic spectrum is based on the notes of the congas. Right. So if I have four notes for the congas, those four notes I can reharmonize it in many different ways. So that's how I develop the harmony in the piece. So mm -hmm. always that I play these four notes, they are always in harmonic blending with the orchestra. Right, so you're an LP artist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so, uh, do you uh, do you find that that uh, that they've have you worked with them in in developing new stuff or new n uh, new ways of of stretching the heads or anything like that? You know, actually, no. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> no. I'm just wondering because because I, as I listen to conga players, yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, I, that's the thing that stands out with you more yeah. than anything else is how precise your tuning is. Yeah, you know, um, and how much attention to, you pay to it. So it's really fascinating to listen to you. So we're going to hear uh, a cyclica on uh, on the on the 22nd, and then you're going to follow that up with some more some some five horn music. Yeah, you know, and that's going to be very 
it's going to be you know the, the late night concert that night is going to be a lot of fun also and that's that's sort of uh, with your an expansion of your your working band uh. yeah the, the uh, these these tunes that we're going to perform are more in the the latin jazz world and it's tunes that i have played and i record before with with a smaller ensemble but i adapt this this piece for for five horns and actually some of the the tunes with five horns they sound really nice and powerful yeah so i'm looking forward to it so so the concerts will be eight o'clock p.m on friday april 22nd next friday uh with uh, in the bpc in the berkeley performance center with the jazz composition orchestra you'll be performing uh cyclica uh, your work and you'll also be 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 a guest performer on my work which will be a diaspora of the drum nice. and then and then uh on the late night concert on that same night 9 30 p.m in david friend recital hall we will have a concert uh uh, with the the jazz composition workshop ensemble and that'll be five five horn works uh latin jazz and it'll be a lot of fun a lot of a lot of uh dancing music but <laughs> but, but 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 sounding very advanced so it's, it's 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 a lot of fun welcome to berkeley samuel and uh it's been a pleasure talking with you and we will follow up uh at a, at a later time stay tuned people Thank you very much, and I'm really happy to be here, very honored.